I have one of my favorite humans on today to tell you about an amazing product that we both love. Well, thank you, honey. This is Milkman Mark Hyman here telling you about the Almond Cow, which I saw on those Instagram posts, and I thought, we've got to have one of these and see whether it is actually as good as it looks. And it is. It's actually even better because there are things that you can make out of it. Almond milk, oat milk. Cashew milk. Uh, coconut milk. Anything you want, you can make in this. And what's great is you have, there are fewer preservatives, less sugar, and then what you get left over at the end is this pulp that you can make into, can make cookies or muffins, so nothing goes to waste. And it's there any time, so if you run out of milk, you don't have to run to the store. It is so amazing. We love it, love it, love it. So if you want to get your own, check out the link and use code LARA for extra savings. Approved by The Milkman. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Monthly Motivation. It is the beginning of September, and September is kind of a marker for starting new. It hearkens that feeling of going back to school, getting all your school supplies, getting ready for a new year. And it's also a great time to get yourself back on track if you have gotten into an exercise slump or you've even neglected exercise completely. So today I'm offering you the top 10 tips for getting back into a movement practice, whether it's been over the summer whether it's been a few weeks, whether it's been a season, a year, a couple of years that you haven't had a regular movement practice, I hope these tips will encourage you and help you to reboot and restart because you deserve it. That's the bottom line. And that's probably the like preamble to all these tips is you deserve it. And you have one body to take care of. And that body needs movement. It is part of the way it's engineered. And so many things can get in the way of regular movement practice. But these tips will help you get on track. And I hope they can convince you how important a regular movement practice is for you, your body, your mind, your spirit. So let's go. The first one, and maybe it's the most important, even though these aren't in any particular order, but this one is the most important for launching off, is remember your why. Why is it so important to move? Why is it important to have a regular movement practice? I would suggest looking up all of the benefits of exercise, all of the benefits of movement. That should be a rationale enough, but sometimes it isn't. We all know it's better for all of your organs, the function of your organs, for you to have a regular movement practice. It helps your heart be more efficient, your lungs be more efficient. It helps your circulation, your digestion. It helps your mood. It helps those wonderful neurotransmitters that are responsible for us feeling content. It helps us handle stress and anxiety better. It helps us sleep better. It helps us human better. So remember your why, and if it 
requires writing it down and even putting somewhere, remember your why. Let that be a good trigger for you to remember why you need to come up with a consistent movement practice. Develop it and hold on to it. As we know, exercise is way more than just the body. The body needs it. It's like a dog who never goes out for a walk. There's just a lot of built-up uh, need to move, and that is, that's translated into lots of things, into stress, agitation, again, not sleeping well, not behaving well. So we know the body needs it. But more than the body, your mind needs it. If you need to amp up your joy, your happiness, and reduce your stress. And it has been shown over and over again, people that have a solid, consistent movement practice handle stress better, handle life better. Yet, at the same time, we know so many people, maybe you, maybe someone you know, you can share this with, have a hard time sticking with an exercise or movement practice because there's a lot more in life, right? We have jobs, families, obligations. It's really easy to put yourself on the bottom of that list of things that need to do, but you have to put yourself at the top. Remember your why. Your why is if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be as good for anyone. And that includes for your job, for your people, your friends and family, for your animals, for your joy, for your livelihood. And we have, if, you, if you're around people who working out is fundamental, then it's easy to, to stay motivated. But many people are surrounded and conditioned to not prioritize movement, to not prioritize exercise especially if you're one of those people that put yourself at the bottom of the list of, you know, to take care of. But once you get going and you feel the benefits, you notice how movement changes your mood, changes your um, productivity, changes, again, your behavior, it's a lot easier to keep it going because you remember your why. So again, we know it benefits the body, but it also benefits your mind. Training your body will remind you of what you're capable of. So when you explore the body through the challenge of the movement practice, it can really spark huge breakthroughs in your life. Remember the why. Remember that. Movement leads to change. Movement moves the needle. And not only is it providing that mental release from stress and from grief, which is a form of, of stress of sorts on the body and on the mind, it gives you more freedom. And that freedom is in so many ways, the freedom for adventure, for saying yes, for playing, for having joy in your life. Because when you experience the movement and the challenge and the, the tenacity you develop in your movement practice, it really transforms and translates. I've had so many people tell me, you know, when I started practicing lit, um, it was so challenging for me. I could only do a little bit. And then I, now, you know, a year later, I'm doing an hour. 
But not only am I doing that, I'm now taking hikes. I never would have thought I would have been able to handle a five-mile really vigorous hike. But my movement practice on the mat has instilled in me the confidence that I can challenge myself in other ways off of the mat. Number two, after you remember your why, you need to plan your approach, especially if it's been a long time and you're super rusty, to jump right back into things, which is easy to do, like New Year's resolution, maybe right now in September, like that feeling of, oh, kids are back in school or it's, you know, summer's over with and now I can focus on myself. Whatever the reason, um, you, sometimes people dive in and full throttle. And that can work for a few people, but most people really need to plan the approach and you need to think of like increments. So start small with a plan. There's been lots of studies on habit formation and across the board, the big message is start small. Just take a tiny bite, a tiny bite. So that could be 10 minutes of movement, 10 minutes of movement feels very doable. And when you start with a plan, so okay, in September, I'm going to start 10 minutes a day, I'm going to take a walk around the block, or I'm going to get on the yoga mat and practice for 10 minutes, or I'm going to get on the bike, or I'm going to walk with my dog and partially run, whatever it is, just start small, but have a plan in place. And that could be that you write it down, like map out Many people love that kind of schedule because there is something about mapping out the path. It's just like a GPS, planning your approach that really helps you stay on track and doesn't overwhelm the system. And in planning your approach, make a date with yourself every single day. Remember the why. You deserve it. You have to prioritize your well-being, your physical, your mental, your emotional well-being, and you got to make a date with yourself. And that date with yourself should require movement because you're going to feel fully embodied in this date with yourself when you're moving. Um, it, again, it relieves the stress. You can just focus on the body moving and, and kind of let the other things fall away for that date time with yourself. Number three, be creative yet consistent. So once your habits are super solid, you can afford to get a little bored with maybe some of the movement that you do. And anybody that like runs or does some kind of repetitive activity like that can tell you, I remember my days of running, there are moments where you're like, oh, okay, here we go again, same thing. But then you get going because your habit has been hardwired that the feedback loop is already there, that positive feedback loop. Before you even start, even if you're feeling like, oh, I can't believe I got to do this again, you have the positive feedback loop of the memory encoded of the positive uh, aftermath. And that can help. But until then, you can't really afford to get bored because when you're getting back into a routine or getting in a routine for the first time, you need to be a little bit entertained because that's going to that's gonna give you more buy-in. So what does that mean? That means that maybe for you, you need to do three different things. Maybe you need to walk 
three days a week and maybe you need to do yoga three days a week. Maybe you do weight training three days a week. Mix it up so that it's fresh for you at this start point so that you're excited, at least somewhat excited to start each time. And then the habit is going to start to get formed. The creativity is important. And creative is not like doing something like really like what we see as creative, like a big dance move or something, but it's it's creative as creative movement variability. So maybe again, like hiking one day, doing a, you know, a workout in the gym one day, just doing something that's a little bit different that is creative for your body. But the consistency is important. And does it need to be seven days a week? A lot of people will ask me that. Well, it all depends. To me, maybe at least five days a week. You have to really create that consistency. And if that sounds like too much for you right now, and a lot of you listening already probably have this, but some of you don't or you've fallen off of it. And that's okay. Don't worry about it. But reach for the five days a week. So if you're planning in your approach and the starting small feels like three days a week is manageable, then start three. But think of by the end of a month, smaller workouts, shorter duration, but more consistent every day. Because the more you do it, your body needs to move every day. So that's why doing seven days of movement is great. But does it all have to be like throttling on nine or 10? No. You can take a nice, gentle evening stroll, and that could be a movement. It just needs to be that your body is not still. <laughs> okay, number four, appreciate your body. Focus on where you are today and not 10 years ago or 10 months ago. Maybe you're better off than you were 10 months ago or 10 years ago, but if you've gotten out of the movement practice, it's very easy to think back to what you used to do. Well, I used to run 10 miles. I remember my, even with me, um, when I was running and I was really into running, if I didn't run more than five miles, it felt like a waste of time. If I look back now, like running five miles would be amazing for me to do. Like that would be such an accomplishment. Uh, but I can't compare to where I was at that place where it was easy for me to run seven to 10 miles at a clip. So whatever that kind of comparison is, just take it out of your mind and focus on where you are today. Even if today you are in what you would say the worst shape of your life. Okay, that's good to focus on that because then you're not going to compare and get down about or like down on yourself about that you're not where you were before. And if you are kind of doing better than you were five months ago, good, but still stay present to where you are today. Appreciate your body for where it is today. Appreciate your body that you can move it. I often will say this, having worked in physical therapy, having worked with very, very disabled individuals due to a disease or accident or, or something really kind of catastrophic, I vowed I would always appreciate my body because it is, it is something we are given and yet it, the parts that work can be taken away, we have to appreciate it's working, even if it's not working as it was five years ago. So when people say, oh, yes, well, I'm 60 and I just, the things aren't moving as well. Okay, you're 60, but you're still moving. You still have the desire to move. 
you can still, no matter where you are, find that same joy. It'll just be in a different version. So appreciate your body and all that it can give you. And appreciating your body, by the way, is going to feed back into that number one, remembering your why. Why are you doing this? You're doing this for you. You are the only pilot of your body. You're the only captain. Nobody else is going to steer the ship. Nobody else is going to generate the energy. You are the one. So appreciate that you have this body and tend to it. But focus on where you are today. Number five, in that vein, avoid social media comparisons or avoid you know, looking at magazines. A lot more people are on social media now than, say, 15 years ago, where it was more like looking at, you know, cover models or stories or whatever. Just avoid any of that because that is often not going to serve you. Most of the people who are, including myself, by the way, who are posting things that are like encouraging you to do something, we have the luxury of this is our job. This is my job. I am fortunate that I chose a job where my body is involved. And I love to move every day, but I don't have a choice either because that's part of my job. So you can't look at me or, or you look or some personal trainer who's like, you can do this. Come on. You can give yourself an hour and look what I can do and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter because often those comparisons make you feel less than and there's no gains in feeling less than. To thine own self be true. All right. So try and be a better you. That's what you want to aim for. And I'm not somebody who scrolls on social media, but I hear about it. I hear about it all the time. Oh, I wish I could do this or I can wish I could do that. I wish I looked like that. Just take it out of your daily practice if you're somebody who does that. That might mean not being on social media as long. That might mean unfollowing people who make you feel less than. They aren't making you feel that, but they are somehow, even if their intent is great, like me, maybe what they're posting isn't making you feel good about yourself. So that's more about you than it is about them, but the reaction is not a good one. And that's what we want. We want a positive affirmation for you. So be true to you and work on you. And if you find, on the other hand, somebody on social media really inspires you and gives you that little spark and fire, then do spend time watching them. You can feel immediately when you feel inspired versus you feel really negative about yourself. You know, so notice those differences and spend the time in the lane that makes you feel like your foot is on the gas and you want to go. Number six, capitalize on what motivates you. So everybody's going to be different. And what I mean by that is, are you someone who thrives on rewards or are you thriving more on not on avoiding disappointment? So it's not like they sometimes they say the carrot or the stick, you know, and it's like that seems like kind of harsh reward or, or punishment. But people are different. Some people are really motivated by rewards. When I do this, it makes me feel great. I then feel like I have more time to do this. You know, 
I have time to spend with friends. There's kind of inherent little rewards that you feel when you've accomplished something like getting your movement practice going. Some people, however, really are more inspired by not quitting, by avoiding disappointment. That would be my husband. He is he is a task master. Like he loves to complete tasks. So to not complete a task would would make him feel really disappointed and he doesn't like that feeling. And so for him, having a schedule, checking it off, he's done different programs and he really gets committed. And he's committed because he's like just that type of person, but he also does not like the feeling of not doing something, of disappointing himself. And that doesn't have to necessarily be a negative thing. That can be a positive thing. That can be a motivating thing. So I guess know what is really going to motivate you and capitalize on that. So if for you having um, some kind of reward for yourself, and lots of times we immediately think, oh, if I work out for 30 minutes, I can then, you know, have ice cream. Well, that is, that's just a bargaining chip. That's not really a reward. Think of a reward bigger than that. Think of reward, maybe just the feeling of how it, of what 30 minutes of working out does. Or maybe it is that, you know, you're going to take some kind of vacation where you're doing movement, you know, oh, I'm going to book a trip, you know, a hiking trip um, to these, this beautiful inn or something like that. Or it could be a small reward, like, hey, I'm going to have, you know, go out with my friends, have a great dinner, have a glass of wine, or if you're not a drinker, ha you know, whatever that reward might be, I can't tell you what is right or wrong, but the reward can also just be that beautiful feeling of, ah, I did it. And that's reward enough too. Number seven, when you're getting yourself back into a movement practice, try and always, always, always schedule and execute on Monday. So just say Monday movement is the non-negotiable. Why? Well, this seems kind of kind of understandable, but Monday marks the beginning of our week. You know, whether you have a nine to five job or a job like mine where you could kind of work every day or you can take a day off during the week, you have a little bit more of a distance. Monday is very conditioned in our calendar, in our wiring, just like September is kind of conditioned in our wiring to be like a new start. Monday is a new start. Monday is the beginning of the week. And if you can get the beginning of the week going well with some kind of movement practice, you are putting yourself in motion. And just like Newton's law, things in motion like to stay in motion. If you take off Monday, it might be easier to take off Tuesday. And then it kind of like goes and then you're all of a sudden like, oh, I got to do it on the weekend. Well, then we have the weekend warrior syndrome. And I can tell you as a physical therapist, the people that I used to see in the clinic, like a majority of the people, if they weren't just injured from some random accident, were the weekend warriors. And we call them weekend warriors because... They don't do much during the week, and then they just go full throttle on the weekend. And that kind of um, going from zero to 10 really quickly is, it's not only not great for habits, but it's really not great, again, for the body. Your body needs that daily conditioning. And that conditioning, again, can be, you could have an intense day. You can have a more, less intense day. 
But Monday is the start and it really sets the mood for the week. So put it on your calendar. Schedule that Monday is going to be a movement day. Say Mondays are really busy for you. Try and wake up a little earlier because again, movement in the morning sets your day up. It sets your mood up and it's way easier to get it going in the morning than to wait and hope you have the energy to do it after work or after whatever you've been doing all day. Number eight, this is always something I recommend. Recruit some help if you need it. That means accountability. Accountability could be friends, family, a workout partner. You know, tell people. When you talk about something, you put it out. You're not just putting it out to the universe, like to some just, you know, open valleys. Hello, I'm starting to work out. You are actually saying it. And by saying it out loud and telling someone, you have one more person besides the person in your brain that knows your intentions. And it's really helpful. It helps you be accountable. And it's great if you bring that person in, have a workout partner. It could be that you both Zoom. I have people on my lit platform that Zoom together. And they're like, hey, we're going to take, you know, Kristen's class on Thursday at the same time so we can see each other. And it's almost as if they don't want to disappoint the other person by not showing up, even though it's just, you know, a workout together. But it is, there is this beautiful kind of quiet pact, like I will show up for you so you show up for me. So get some accountability in the form of a friend, a family, a workout partner. And if you're like a little less social and that just doesn't seem like something going online is going to help, maybe accountability with a dog. If you have a dog, like you have to be accountable to your dog. Your dog needs to walk. So you got to walk. I have heard, I've heard so many people who got animals over the pandemic and said they were moving more than they ever had. Of course, they didn't have to, you know, commute to work and sit at a desk and all that. They had a little bit more freedom in terms of how their day was set out. But having an animal really, not only is it a wonderful, amazing thing, but it also, it's a little partner for you in your movement practice. And if you don't have a dog and you can't get a dog, think about volunteering at a shelter because then it's like a double, like double dose of greatness. You're helping. I, I've volunteered for various shelters where you just go and you walk the dogs. So it's like you're helping the dogs because they're otherwise in their cages or kennels and they're getting out and they're getting fresh and they're getting socialization. So they're ready, uh, more prepared for an adoption. And then you're getting a walk-in and you're helping. It's like, woo, so great. There are also apps. You know, apps are another form of accountability. I have people on my app, for instance, on the Lit Method, um, Lit Yoga Method app that just kind of calendar in. Uh, they look at like who's teaching when, if they're on the Lit Prime, or they look at we send out on Sundays every every Sunday the, the Lit Daily class of the day, and they can look and say, hey, I definitely want to do that class. I definitely want to do that class. So apps can guide you. You can have apps that are even, you know, more customizable that can guide you. So Use whatever sources you can um, that can help you be more accountable. Number nine, this I hope goes without saying, but really focus on the feeling of getting back into a movement practice versus numbers. And I mean that in the form of like losing weight or fitting into a pair of jeans. 
that can be a wonderful side benefit or not. Maybe you'll be moving and nothing will change except inside you. It changes. And if that feeling of, of feeling better, feeling better about yourself, feeling less tired, feeling more joyful, feeling more patient, feeling more generous, that's what we want to really focus on is the feeling and not these kind of, I don't want to say arbitrary numbers, but numbers that are so, so overblown in terms of importance and, and again, social media or just general culture, you know, what you look like, uh, how big this is, how small this is, et cetera. Focus on the feeling. Focus on the feeling because the feeling isn't going to leave you. The feeling isn't going to change. The feeling is what's going to keep you coming back. And that's what we want. And then finally, number 10, use really powerful and helpful tools to keep you motivated. So motivation is also a sort of conditioning in itself. To get into movement, to hold your movement practice, to be consistent, motivation helps. And sometimes we're not going to always feel motivated. Some people will have a good you know, couple of months or even a couple of years. Think about if you've ever fallen off the wagon. It's actually really beneficial to kind of reflect and think, what was the reason that I stopped exercising regularly? It, there's tons of reasons, but there's probably something hidden in there that might reveal that that lack of motivation was there. And it could be that you just stopped and then it was hard to get started and you kept putting it off. It could have been that you were sick. It could have been that you were depressed or grieving. It could have been that you were, you know, just had a baby. You, you were so busy. You were holding two jobs. There's so many reasons. But in all of that, the seed of motivation was probably not fruitful. And so we need these tools to keep motivated. What is that? Motivation could be anything. It could be, I love empowering messages. And these empowering messages, I'm always taking screenshots of quotes. I put them up. I put them on my mat that I made. I made a lit yoga mat and it has two, two ends of it. One says I can and the other says I will. My gosh, simple, two words. And it's really motivating. I still, to this day, I've practiced on it for a year now. I look at it and when I see that I can, it is, it resonates. It resonates. So what is an empowering message that really will continue to motivate you? Put it up somewhere, write it down, stick it up, put it on your car, put it in your, inside your car, like uh, put it in your kitchen, put it in your bathroom, but let it be empowering because that's what we want. It's, again, not something to crush your soul, but to elevate it, to resonate that feeling of like, I can do this. Other tools for keeping motivated is practice positive self-talk. This is not woo-woo. Notice when you have several voices in your head, one that's like, way to go, you just did that. And then another voice is like, oh my gosh, that was so tiring. I, you know, I can't believe how out of shape I am. 
And then just realize again, those are voices, but they are not you. So you can actually orient yourself toward the words, the word choices, and the messages you want to listen to. So you can notice those negative things that might come up in your mind, realizing it's not you and that it's just maybe a habit. Many people have habits of negative self-talk. And that's all it is. It's a habit. So you retrain it and practice it. Some people do all the, you know, think of uh, Ted Lasso or something, like these positive self-talks. It sounds so cheesy, but when you're, when you just think, you know what, you can do this, you got this, you're on it, way to go, simple things. I'm so proud of you. Could you ever say that to yourself? How, how wonderful that would be to hear and to really mean it. So practice it. Also, you can take a rest when needed. That's a really powerful tool is really to determine like today is actually day I feel like I need to just rest my body. I don't need to move it. You will be more in tune with your body and, and get those signals more clearly, more eloquently when you have a movement practice going. Then you can say, you know what, today is just going to be a real like, I'm going to lie on the couch, I'm going to read a book, I'm going to play some games. I'm going to just relax and do nothing because that can be very restorative. That's not a place where you want to start because you're not yet, if you are trying, like, again, this might not be accurate for you. If you already have a great movement practice going, I hope you already know. Take those rest moments when you need them, rest days when you need them. You don't need to schedule a rest day in, but when you listen and your body says, I need rest, give it rest. That's actually a powerful tool because what you're doing is you are listening and then responding to that. And so just like you'll listen to, whew, I'm ready. I'm ready to move. I'm ready to this. You will also be more responsive to, I need to rest today. I need to just relax. I need to not do anything major. What we want to also do in our powerful tools to keep us motivated is really look at this as a long journey. So when I was in Africa in March, um, I'd been to Tanzania before, and the Serengeti plains are, are kind of indescribable. They literally mean endless plains. And that is, there's amazing places all over the world that could have this as well. And they do have this, but it's not often you are somewhere, a tiny dot of a human looking out in all directions and all you see beyond the horizon is ground and earth and nothing else, nature, the plains, endless plains. Look at movement practice like that. You don't need to see what's beyond the horizon, but know that there is beyond, something beyond that. It is a long journey. It's a beautiful journey because this is a journey more into you, more about knowing yourself, tending to yourself, prioritizing yourself, and that's not going to change. That motivation isn't going to change. How you execute it over the years might change. 
what you're doing today might it might be very different than it was 20 years ago and it might be very different in 20 years but this is a long journey so this helps us getting over this idea of quick fixes and believe it or not when you actually you know really absorb the the magnitude of this long journey of movement practice it's big relief because the quick fix you're just not going to pay attention to it because we all know there is no quick fix because what happens when you like do a five-week program and then you're done and the numbers tell you something different and okay but what happens after that we want a long journey a beautiful journey, a journey where we pay more attention to ourselves, where we improve ourselves by moving our body, by tending to our mental well-being, and stay present in that. Stay present in the journey. It's, you can see the horizon, but be right where you are. Be right where you are. So I hope those 10 tips help you. And if you are somebody that has a great movement practice, you're already doing all these things, Share this with somebody who might be struggling. Think of it like a gift. Uh, we don't communicate this enough with each other, you know, that, that this, is, this can be a struggle for some people. And that's where it's, it's not helpful to see people who, who don't have this as a struggle. I, I don't have this as a struggle. So I am not, I'm somebody who has the good enough fortune to, again, move as part of my professional in personal life, but also I have been around thousands of people. So I have taken in what I see is a struggle for people. So in that way, I can share what I've seen to be true for all the different people who have struggled with sticking to an exercise program, or if they're coming out of physical therapy, sticking to an exercise or, you know, movement practice that will help their injured area. So many people have a hard time with that. Why? Because they don't have a plan. They get bored. They don't, you know, they don't recruit help. They don't have, you know, these built-in incentives. They don't remember their why. And so what I'm sharing with you is that if you aren't someone who is dealing with this, there is somebody out there who is and they might be dear to you. And sharing this might be the best gift. Don't assume they don't want to hear it. It's a conversation that needs to be had because what we're telling people is, hey, we know everybody's different. And just because this isn't a struggle for me doesn't mean that I don't care about trying to help you because I'll have different struggles and I'm hoping you're going to help me with those. So everyone, let's get into our movement practice. Let's hold on to it. Remember your why and share that. And as always, I'd love to hear what you have to think about this podcast, what you have to, what you would like to share about your why, and anything more. You can always write me at support at lityoga.com or find me on Instagram at lara.hyman. And it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to give us a rating, Refining Yoga Podcast, maybe even review if you want to write a few words. That would mean so much to me because this podcast has now been going almost three years and I want to keep it going for so many more years. You all mean so much to me. I love your words. I love your support. And so this is dedicated to you and I hope this really brings you some joy. 
and some motivation. And as always, I'm pulling for you.